Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Harris, and my guest for this episode is Dr. Robert Eng. He is the CEO of Vor Biopharma, and we have quite a bit to cover, so we're going to jump right in. But first, I want to thank you very much for your time, Robert. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's a privilege. Thank you for your time, Aaron. Absolutely. All right. So like I said, we're going to jump right in. So Vor Biopharma is a cell therapy company that combines what we know of as a novel patient engineering approach with targeted therapies that provide a solution for patients suffering from hematological malignancies. And before we get to Vor's pipeline, I watched a video on your website that features Dr. Sid Mokerji, excuse me. And in the video, he says something that I found very interesting, which is if you cannot describe your research, what you're doing and why you're doing it, in one sentence to someone outside of your field, there's probably a problem. So my question to you is, in one sentence, explain Vor's research. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate the challenge. So Vor is based on a radical, though simple idea that you can manipulate and protect normal cells, in our case, hemopoietic stem cells, cells that live in the bone marrow, using genome engineering techniques. And by protecting these cells, we can create new treatment opportunities for cancer patients and make cancer cells vulnerable in the post-transplant setting with the objective that we would love to cure patients who otherwise would normally relapse with their disease. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's altruistic in its approach. Easy to understand, certainly in one sentence. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Mokerjee would be very happy. Uh, we're going to move on to, because we want to talk specifically about those engineered uh, hematopoietic cells, the or EHSC. So talk to us about specifically VOR33, V-O-R-R, excuse me, 33. It's your lead EHSC product candidate. Talk to us about it. What's it all about? Sure. So uh, maybe one thing for your listeners to understand is that in uh, liquid tumors and leukemias and lymphomas, a lot of times uh, stem cell transplant is a standard of care. Well, what is stem cell transplant? So stem cell transplant can be viewed of like this. When you have disease, particularly involving your bone marrow, you can use high strength chemotherapy or radiation to basically kind of carpet bomb bone marrow and wipe it out, uh, which hopefully kills the cancer, um, but it also has the side effect of killing your bone marrow. And you tend to need bone marrow to survive. You know, it, bone marrow creates all the cells uh, that float around in the bloodstream that are necessary for, for survival. You know, your red blood cells, uh, all kinds of immune cells, you know, platelets. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the idea that happened uh, 50 years ago is that you could potentially take cells from someone else, um, from a relative or, or a matched stranger, and use these cells to replace the bone marrow that you've just carpet bombed. Mm. Uh, and so that's, that's stem cell therapy. And, and that was a very radical idea at the time that you could take someone else's bone marrow cells and those cells essentially live in perpetuity in these patients and become part of the patient. Now, what's unfortunate is that, uh, you know, while it's a radical approach, that has really not been um, 
subject to any kind of innovation since its invention 50 years ago. And so our concept is that you could actually make these next generation stem cell transplants by uh, genome engineering these very cells that you're about to put in the patient and make them better by protecting them from therapies that would otherwise be toxic to this new bone marrow. Mm -hmm. So your question around VOR33, what is VOR33? VOR33 at, at its heart is a next generation stem cell transplant product. Uh, but instead of a regular stem cell transplant, we genome engineer these cells to delete out a particular gene called CD33. That's why it's called VOR33. Now, CD33 happens to be a target that's expressed strongly on cancer cells, like from, from acute myeloid leukemia and other cancers. And so when you end up deleting this protein expression from these healthy uh, stem cells, uh, and you then can use these cells in the transplant, now in this patient, you have a bone marrow that is null for CD33. It's not expressed. And really the only cells that should express CD33 left in the body are cancer cells. So a very interesting situation now that you've created where uh, you've made suddenly made this target CD33 very specific for cancer. Uh, and that if you're putting in an agent that attacks anything that looks like CD33, you should kill the cancer and you should also preserve the bone marrow, which would otherwise be wiped out as a result of that agent. And so uh, again, a very radical idea from Sid Mukherjee who uh, developed this approach and uh, something that we think really has a fair shot at curing AML and other associated cancers. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And and that is what I wanna kind of cover next. Um, you know, you do talk, since the top of the call, you've talked a lot about how the company and Sid have sort of taken this idea and broken from tradition. And that's kind of where I want to go next. Your approach that you just outlined, it does help patients fight cancer, but it breaks from tradition. Explain your approach and why it's different in the sector today. Absolutely. So, you know, your, your listeners are probably very familiar with the revolution that's happened in um, cell therapies, particularly in CAR-T therapies. So CAR-T, as we know, are, are programmed cell therapies that, that look for things that, uh, you know, for example, BCMA or CD19 and wipe out anything expressing those targets. Now, uh, if we take CD19, for example, uh, CD19 uh, is, is expressed in a certain compartment of, of the blood system called B cells. And so uh, that expression, uh, you can wipe out all B cells in the body and you can still actually be pretty functional, right? Um, you know, B cells are not necessarily necessary for survival. Um, that's not the case for a lot of other targets and a lot of other cell types. So, you know, if you had something, for instance, that was toxic to your heart, you know what? You need a heart to survive. And similarly, a bone marrow, you need a bone marrow to survive. Otherwise, you cannot reconstitute your, your blood system. And so uh, I think uh, it, it was a real uh, innovation to use something like CD19 or BCMA on what we call these disposable cells or disposable compartments. But those kinds of targets are very limited. And so when you're talking about cancers like with um, acute myeloid leukemia, 
uh, a disease of your bone marrow, you need a different approach to do that. And so rather than, uh, you know, people have really focused on just making more and more potent or more and more target specific modalities, that's not going to work for a disease like AML. You need to use a radically different approach, uh, which is really why VOR was uh, conceived in the first place. Great, great. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk about genome engineering specifically. So let's talk about applying genome engineering of hematopoietic stem cells. Where are we with that? Explain it to us. What's going on? Yeah. So, so genome engineering is a fairly broad term that involves manipulating the DNA of these cells. You can permanently alter the DNA such that these cells and any of their progeny end up carrying forward that manipulation. Uh, the, there's different ways of manipulating that genome. Um, and uh, so with, for example, the CAR-T therapies that we've just talked about, you can use a virus and plug in a certain sequence that programs for this chimeric antigen receptor. For the case of what we're doing in hemopoietic stem cells, we are uh, putting in a, a, a CRISPR-Cas9 enzyme complex. Um, your listeners are probably familiar with this as well. This is a way of programming the genome and making uh, edits um, or, or cuts to the genome. And by applying a, this, this enzyme with a very specific guide that looks for a particular locus in CD33, we can cut the genome precisely at that point. And we can then uh, rely on the body's own DNA repair mechanisms to fix that cut. But by fixing the cut, it silences the gene. So that gene is no longer expressed in the protein. And therefore, all these cells in their progeny no longer express CD33. And so by using these next generation genome engineering approaches like CRISPR-Cas9, you can permanently silence CD33 from these cells and all their progeny in the future in perpetuity. And so one other aspect that's worth exploring here is that hemopoietic stem cells are very different cells to what you typically genome edit like T-cells, for example. T-cells are small, they're, they're, they're very durable, uh, they, are, uh, they replicate very quickly, uh, and uh, unlike uh, hemopoietic stem cells, hemopoietic stem cells are very long-lived cells that live in the bone marrow for decades. Um, they're large, they're fragile, and uh, they, they, they don't replicate frequently. And so not only do you have to manipulate them differently, uh, but also they use different gene repair mechanisms. And so VOR has really built a platform around three particular aspects. One is really understanding hemopoietic stem cell biology and how to manipulate these cells. The second is uh, all these different genome engineering strategies to alter the genome. And the third is creating immunotherapies like CAR-Ts that complement what we're doing with HSCs. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about manufacturing processes. We spend a lot of time on cell and gene, uh, really breaking down manufacturing uh, for, for all of the therapies that we cover. And so talk to us about the cell manufacturing process needed to leverage the, the suitable genome engineering technologies for the cells you're creating. So can you talk that through, through talk yeah. that, talk to us about that. 
Yes, sure. So let's think about firstly the needs. You know, what does the physician or the patient need in a next generation stem cell therapy? Firstly, they need something that is high quality, that contains all the early progenitor cells and the stem cells that they need to repopulate the blood system. Um, secondly, they need a um, sufficient number of those cells to do what's called engraft. Engraft means that these cells make their way to bone marrow and start replicating and 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 and, and differentiating. Um, and 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 the third thing is that. Um, you, you need to do it in a time frame that fits with the existing standard of care because these patients are undergoing this Marlowe ablation, wiping out their bone marrow, the carpet bombing, so to speak, that I referred to before. And uh, you, you need to do that in a timely fashion such that they can receive that stem cell transplant and, and uh, infuse that um, uh, right on schedule. And so in order to do that, um, we need to develop a robust manufacturing process that's also relatively quick turnaround time mm -hmm. and has all the quality elements built into this to make sure there's the sufficient number of cells and quality of cells to do what stem cells need to do in, in a transplant situation. And so um, what we've been able to do is, is devise actually a very simple and elegant manufacturing process. If, if we think about it, what we're essentially doing is a single manipulation with this, this genome edit um, and then um, and, and putting in all the quality criteria that we need to characterize these cells. And so we've ended up with a manufacturing process that takes somewhere in the range of two to three days from start to finish, much faster than, say, a traditional uh, CAR-T. Um, and then if you tack on all the transport and all the quality and, you know, release criteria, um, we have a point-to-point a, 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 a -point turnaround of something in the range of seven to 10 days, which is, again, generally much more rapid than you see in the cell and gene therapy space. And that fits right into the standard of care. Okay, great. So talk to us a little bit about your roadmap beyond VOR33. What are you working on? Sure. So firstly, what we're doing in the clinic right now is using VOR33 in combination with a drug called Malatag. Malatag is a marketed uh, agent. Uh, it's an antibody drug conjugate uh, that attacks CD33. And so we're very excited to, to combine with that agent. That being said, we're really looking to the future, to what could be even more beneficial to patients. So one step is to move into CAR-Ts, you know, presumably much more potent modalities that can really attack cancer and, and hopefully really wipe it out. And so we're developing a CAR-T called VCAR33 that attacks CD33. And to have that as a, a potentially curative therapy for patients after transplant. What we're also doing is pursuing additional targets beyond CD33. We're doing that in a couple of ways. So one is that you could do multiple edits at the same time. And so this is where you, it's called multiplex editing. And in a multiplex editing, you can silence more than one gene and therefore provide even more treatment optionality for patients where you could be attacking those targets together or one at a time uh, and, and really providing those curative options. In addition, we would hope to go beyond these uh, myeloid leukemias and look towards additional blood cancers where you could attack 
a whole different set of targets. Uh, we've just recently disclosed we're working on targets like EMR2 and CD5 that allow us to really expand beyond myeloid disease and potentially benefit even more patients. So in that sense, uh, we're really seriously building our platform and hopefully benefiting even more patients in need. We've come to the end of the, the formal part of the, the podcast. And as listeners know, at the end, I always ask my guests the same question to get a better understanding of how they spend their time outside of the office or the lab. And so I'm going to ask you the question we ask our, our guests, which is talk to us about your ideal Saturday. Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm a dad uh, and, and uh, very proud of my kids uh, who are vo- involved in, in debate and, and rock climbing. And so that keeps me busy. Um, but I guess another thing that might interest your, view, your, your listeners, um, I'm an ex-surgeon. Uh, I used to operate on people. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I very much have a patient-centric view about what we're trying to do. Um, but in order to kind of have something analogous to, to general surgery, I actually uh, do electronics. Um, so, so I have a love for music. I, I actually um, uh, make uh, vacuum tube audio equipment in my spare time. Uh, it's actually something that helped me find my way through medical school, which was great. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm down in my basement uh, soldering and electrocuting myself, uh, <laughs> uh, creating these uh, uh, vacuum tube amplifiers, which I find a lot of fun. It, it's, it's, it's actually quite analogous to surgery because you're, you're literally you know, operating on something and, 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 and changing it. And then when you turn it on, it's almost like it's alive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it reminds me a lot of what I was doing uh, on, on patients back in the day. Well, that is fascinating and certainly something that we have not heard to date uh, in this question of the people of, of my guests that I have had on Selling Gene, the podcast. That's amazing. Are your children into that as well? Or is that your project on your own? <laughs> No, I, I, I'm kind of the uh, do-it-yourself fixer at home as a, as a result. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is amazing. Like I said, we haven't heard that yet. So uh, maybe some of our listeners, you'll be hearing from them that they're aficionados in it too. And you'll be they'll be asking for some, some advice and to swap some tips and tricks. Uh, well, that wraps us up for this episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. Thank you uh, to Vor's Dr. Robert Ang, CEO, uh, for your time today. It was wonderful having you with us. I really appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you listeners for tuning in as always. We'll talk to you soon.